Hi all, I'm Dan Smegrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. We have an awesome show for you today. I have to read it. The title's so long, we may not even be able to finish the entire show. Virtual Tour Superheroes at Your Service, How Business Communities Inspire Creativity to Mitigate Crisis. And here to talk to us about that is Kelly Anderson. Hey, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Kelly is a Texas Tech University marketing PhD candidate. And while you may not be familiar with Kelly's name, Kelly Anderson, you likely as a Matterport service provider to be very familiar with some of the statistics that Kelly has teased out of data. So two that come to mind are statistics that Matterport uses all the time uh, uh, in terms of residential real estate listings, up to 9% of residential real estate listings sell at a higher price when using a 3D tour and up to 31% of listings with a 3D tour sell faster, meaning fewer days on market. And during that study, uh, Kelly also teased out of the data that 90% of the tours were actually Matterport. So uh, Kelly, as a, as a member of the community Matterport service provider, thank you for those two numbers. They're just awesome to help, uh, help the community succeed faster. Absolutely. It was a fantastic study. And then it covers four geographically diverse markets. And so we were really excited to be able to tackle that data and really understand what was happening in the marketplace. Cool. So you're, you're almost like a superhero or, or celebrity for us as the actual author of the study that, uh, that, that uh, teased out that data. So for our audience, uh, if, if, uh, for those watching, if you're a Matterport service provider, you are a superhero, and it's likely that you, your virtual tour business has increased as a result of COVID-19. Kelly, that is like, uh, how, how did you ever come up with this whole concept of virtual tour service providers being superheroes, and, and, and what, is, what did the, your study reveal? Sure. So the superhero is a bit of a play on words, but I think we we all understand there's a lot of superheroes in today's environment with the pandemic. So a lot of people going out and doing what they can to help people live their lives. And you guys are an important part of that, especially in the real estate market. Um, the, the study itself that we're talking about today is one in which a co-author and I have really investigated uh, the platform, and thank you all for helping to contribute to that. Um, and so by monitoring the forum, we found a few interesting things, um, you know, similar to other small business owners. We're struggling to figure out what our role is right now. What is it during the pandemic? How can we help? And we saw very clearly that struggle early on in, um, in the forum, on the forum during the pandemic. Um, but ultimately what we found is that the forum itself is very special. It allowed everyone to really communicate and start collaborating and understanding what that role is and what it can be. Um, and certainly some discourse um, interaction there, but a lot of it really revealing that it can help verify a lot of the practices that you guys are doing to help make this happen, to help real estate continue. 
So obviously we're, we're talking about COVID, COVID-19. Uh, uh, I think of superheroes really as the doctors, the nurses, uh, the healthcare workers, uh, uh, the, the cashiers at grocery stores. Um, uh, e e even today, Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, uh, in the US alone, uh, there's more than 250,000 deaths have taken place. Um, uh, a, uh, uh, I think we're talking about uh, uh, almost 12 million people in infected. So superhero seems a little bit strong. So, I mean, how, how do we even elevate a, a, a Matterport service provider, a virtual tour creator to a superhero status? What, what is it that you teased out in, from reading the We Get Around Network forum that kind of led to uh, that conclusion? Mm -hmm. Great question. So I, I think what we really are talking about is, is how that community came together to really figure out how to continue doing things in everyday life while keeping people safe. And that came through in our interviews with individuals as well as on the forum where photographers felt that they were really helping to keep their communities safe. So it is, as I mentioned, a bit of a play on words, certainly, and not to devalue the superhero efforts that are done by the medical professionals and other essential workers. Um, but certainly we see that this service can help to facilitate people's normalcy during this time of a crisis. You know, I, I think when you, you reached out to me in, in March, uh, or I, I actually, I reached out to you and we had a conversation in, in March, I I seem to recall that you, your initial reaction was there might be some concern about how service providers, virtual tour Matterport service providers uh, would do during a pandemic. And I, I suspect the results actually surprised you. Right, I think, you know, when Ashley Haas, my co-author and I started to talk about this project, uh, there was a concern simply because small business owners, this is a, you know, it's over half of the population in the United States are employed by small business owners, yet a lot of the statistics that were coming out show that many of these individuals don't have enough cash on hand to sustain their businesses. So small business owners specifically, which is ends up being our really our research of top uh, topic that we're interested in. We were concerned about small business owners in general. Um, with technology, there's a lot of potential opportunity. I think what we saw very early in March, though, was a concern because there's essentiality questions of, as I, as a VR photographer, a, you know, Matterport service provider, is my job, is my role essential or is it not? And that was not consistent, right? I know many of you communicated that. In some states, it was very clear, but in other states or areas of the world, it wasn't so clear as to whether that role was essential or not. So certainly I think what we saw though, to your, your uh, point of being a little bit surprised, um, the community effort and really trying to evaluate what that role can be. It, it certainly is a surprise to see the significant propel of technology, of this technology in the real estate market, um, but it's something that was probably a pent up demand. Um, and then this 
this unfortunate circumstance has shown what this kind of technology can provide for the everyday consumer. Mm -hmm. But before we go back and talk more about kind of a timeline of starting this research and around March when COVID was first starting, at least for us in the United States, um, let's let's kind of fast forward to the conclusions. You you, you sent me a, a 14 page uh, executive summary. Uh, if I turn it over and I, I look at the back page, it's really some amazing statistics of, of what you teased out. Um, and, and granted, the sample size wasn't wasn't all that large, but you did do a lot of uh, lengthy interviews with members of the We Get Around Network Forum community. What was what were the take us through the highlights? Yeah, absolutely. Were. Yeah. So what we found really is that through this question of essentiality that we were just talking about. Individual small business owners were turning to the community, and, and that's not surprising. Many people in that small sample study said that they really turned to the community because they feel like it really can help them and their businesses, um, and which is really important, and that ends up being something we tease out, that small business owners have a very unique identity comparative to a larger organization, right, where you have to negotiate some of these things. Small business owners ultimately bring in their own personal values into their businesses. And that's something that really hasn't been discussed, at least from our standpoint. Um, so that was a, a big key insight that emerged from that. But more importantly, how in turning to the community that that allows for some of that verification that, oh, I'm doing the right thing. This isn't, you know, let me learn these, become more creative in my practices so that we can make this happen. We can maintain our productivity during this time of a crisis and ultimately to be able to help others and help the larger community. But from the end result of what we're really trying to propose and recommend, you know, for small businesses, even outside of, you know, this community, we feel there's an opportunity. This, what you guys have is very special. Um, the community itself is not something that's done in all industries. So the development of this community really helped to propel and sustain some of these businesses if nothing else, from, from having some colleagues to talk about your business. Um, so we recommend small business owners to really leverage some of this online space um, to build that community. And for communities themselves, you showed it um, within, within WGAN, but other communities may not have. And we have other research such, uh, from other industries as well. It shows this is, this is unique. Even small business communities that are existing maybe aren't talking about those creative practices. They're talking about the funding, of course, governmental assistance, which is absolutely pertinent and important right now, but that there might be a larger role for them. And then the third, of course, being policymakers. Um, you know, we unfortunately, one of the things we find um, in real estate is I, and I, I'll throw the word out, but understand it's 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 not to demean any of our real superheroes out there, but um, you kind of end up being an unsung hero as a photographer. You go in there, you're kind of invisible, you do your thing and you come out. Um, but, and that ultimately came out in a lot of the, um, the guidance that came from the states and from different countries where you weren't clear 
where, where your role was. So we do feel there is an opportunity for policymakers to make sure individuals such as VR photographers and 3D tour photographers have, um, are, are recognized and understood in some of those policies. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think this is all, this is interesting kind of backstory, but I think, you know, my, my key takeaway from, from, your, from your work uh, Seventy-one percent of the photographers that responded saw an increase in their 3D VR tour uh, service, larger than any other photography service. They all saw their saw their business increase: photos, videos, drone, uh, web, whatever it was that they were working on. But the one that really stood out was 3D, 360 tour creation, or mostly our community Matterport service providers. Um, do you think that 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 was even a surprise to those that you talked to that that all of a sudden here comes this crisis it's called COVID-19 I don't know what's going to happen to my business and all of a sudden they found that their phone was ringing their emails were were coming in they were getting texts they were getting business or they were somehow getting business did that did that surprise you did that surprise the service providers that you talked to no, I don't think so. You know, we have to keep in mind what this technology affords consumers and sellers. And I think many felt that they saw, at least through the interviews, which were captured a little bit later than some of the other data that was collected in the forum. Um, they recognized entrepreneurs um, and we recognize there is a lot of opportunity for this service to replace some of what was not being allowed at the time, um, allowing people to really go into the home, imagine how they can live there, or for sellers to be able to allow other people to view the home, but still keeping safe, not having to bring as many people into their homes. And so I don't, I wouldn't say people were surprised. Um, and I certainly could see this application growing the, to the height that it has, um, is what's interesting, right? So it has substantially increased, I'm sure, at Matterport and seeing other competitors coming in on the market right now too and seeing how they're flourishing and maybe filling some of the gaps that you know other brands have. Um, that's been an interesting uh, market development. What's also interesting is to see how it's really helped to propel into other industries beyond just real estate. Um, and so that's a lot of what we talked about, too, is how else is this growing? Where else can this help? Seeing it being used in schools um, to really help replace, you know, some of those visits to the museum they weren't allowed to do. Um, we're seeing new uses come from this. And this is really, this has been an interest, more of a surprising and interesting development for me. So uh, tell me a little bit about the methodology to, to, that, that resulted in these conclusions, 71% increase in business, uh, all service providers, uh, it seemed like all their services increased, or I think 90% of virtual tour service providers indicated that they saw an increase in their business, most of that actually coming in the, the 3D 360. Um, in, in fact, I'll, I'll mention for our viewers, if they'd like to get your 14-page um, executive summary, uh, to um, go to the website wgan.info forward slash hero, H-E-R-O, and you can uh, get a copy of uh, uh, Kelly's uh, executive summary. 
Um, it, I, I seem to recall you read a lot of the Week Hit Around Network Forum. That's right. So, you know, our, our methodology for the entire study is a little bit multifaceted. So certainly a lot of data poll reading along the way with you all um, as this conversation was unfolding over the months of the pandemic. So much of that was, as you kind of referred to, a content analysis of the We Get Around Network forum. Um, we had eight interviews with different VR photographers within this network as well is a, a couple of real estate agents that were also photographers spent a lot of time with um, with you all the the interviews lasted on average over 80 minutes um, loved getting to understand the business and understanding their role currently um, and the other part was the survey and so I think many of us were hopeful we might see a larger sample size from this survey um, we didn't have a huge result in response um, what well, was I, I must say Kelly it doesn't surprise me at all because yeah. I and the photographers are so busy. Uh, yeah. It was like almost overnight, this light switch went off and uh, it was almost like they didn't have enough of their own time just to do all the jobs they were being asked to do. You know, I think if we, if we go back to March and, you know, and we were talking about, gee, I, I, and I, I do remember you were, you know, you were really concerned, <clears throat> excuse me, about uh, typically solo business owners, uh, Matterport service providers are frequently self-employed, solo entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And all of a sudden COVID hits, we're all told to, to um, stay in place, shelter in place. And I think you had some concern about what, you know, what would happen to uh, service providers that have been told to shelter in place. You mentioned it I think a national statistic about how much cash people have on hand in case of an emergency, not a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think we all went into this, uh, this mode about, okay, uh, we're starting to hear that uh, you can get an, ex an exemption from sheltering in place if you're deemed essential. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and that seemed that if the real estate agents were deemed essential that somehow they needed digital assets, that their photographers were essential to helping the economy continue to move forward. Uh, I, I guess that's why real estate agents were deemed essential is that, that uh, real estate is, uh, transactions, buying and selling is such a huge piece of the economy that to have that come to a halt uh, is problematic and that if you could have a virtual tour and photos, et cetera, then maybe you still had a way to help someone sell their home or help someone buy a home. Exactly. So, uh, you know, going back to March, I, I think a lot of us kind of just went into, uh, okay, what states are, allowed, or, or, uh, are you being deemed essential? Uh, and just gathering that information are, you know, and, and I think members just started posting to the forum, hey, uh, you know, we're in New York, we're deemed essential or we're deemed not essential. Or So we really had some members that absolutely could not go out and shoot end of story period. And, and that was a problem. But I think the vast majority somehow, some way were considered essential and their business just took off like a wildfire. 
Exactly, exactly. And we, and we saw the, even the response from the survey as well as even qualitatively that this realization that it was going to fast forward basically overnight, um, you know, is going to make this more essential long-term. So, you know, the opportunities long-term for this technology in this market and even really um, helped, you know, triangulating that with some of my previous research, uh, seeing what a difference it can make on the purchase price and the days on the market is if that continues, we're going to probably see this just continue to become almost as relevant as video or photography today. Yes, my, my take on it, and, and I think other members of the, the forum community voiced the similar sent, sentiment, sentiment uh, had similar thoughts that uh, COVID did in three to four months what might have taken three or five years uh, in terms of moving innovation forward uh, with residential real estate agents where it, it almost became essential that a real estate agent offer a 3D tour if they were going to be able to get a listing and explain to a homeowner why they should still move forward and why this technology would help do that. So uh, certainly my, my impression, COVID helped move innovation forward in 3D tours uh, in three to four months would have taken maybe five or seven years, something like that. And I think you found that in your research as, as, as well, that others had that same thinking. Correct, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, part of your content analysis, I, I think you actually looked at more than 200 topics in the We Get Around Network Forum, more than a thousand pages. Uh, how do you even begin to, I, I mean, I, I read every post, but I, I never think of somebody like who's a you know, PhD candidate actually studying our community. Uh, Anything surprise you about doing this content analysis of our community? Yeah, I, I was actually just speaking with somebody about this, of recognizing that this process, I mean, just taking it to a personal level, was part of processing what was happening in the world. You know, a lot of us had some good questions coming into the pandemic. We still have a lot, of course, um, but being able to process the pandemic through the lens um, of the community was was really insightful and it, it helped to understand what people were going through, obviously from a social study um, perspective, but also how creative um, individuals could be uh, really that crisis mode was there and even concerned and kind of disabled some, some small business owners, even though they are quite entrepreneurial, small business owners tend to be, um, but this community helped to really enable them and put them back on track. And that, that was something that was really special and, and exciting to learn through that process. Mm -hmm. I, I, I seem I seem to recall that, you know, back in the early days of being deemed essential, that all of a sudden it was like, okay, then what are the, uh, I'm essential, what are the, going to be the best practices? Oh, I should get gloves, I should get a mask, I, maybe I need to wear booties, I shouldn't be touching anything. And, and I think all of a sudden there was this outpouring of, uh, of, of, okay, you're going to shoot, what precautions should you take, what precautions should you communicate to your client? 
what expectations do you have about your client not having other people around, etc. So I think there was some practical, tactical things that, that came out of the forum. Uh, I guess even before that is, you know, people kind of sitting around reading the forum. Uh, I, you know, I think our audience more than tripled overnight in, in March. Uh, and I think that was pretty amazing as people were seeking, well, what, what are, what are other virtual tour photographers doing? What are other real estate photographers doing? Uh, uh, am I deemed essential? How do I get classified as a category of essential? What, how, what kind of, how should I run my business? And so um, do you want to speak at all to that, that community of, of, of what all that conversations turned into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you communicate it beautifully. I mean, that, that discussion early on um, is certainly from a researcher perspective was really fascinating because it, it came to that convergence of understanding what those regular and assumed expected practices should be. Um, so really developing that for, you know, a global state. I mean, you guys are not just in the United States. So even that that folds into a larger community across the globe. And so by really going through that process of understanding and, and kind of negotiating with each other of what's necessary and what's not really helped to develop some of that. And we saw that even you posted it, um, I want to say in April of Matterport's recommendations. And you could see you came up with those even before those were posted, right? So um, those- they probably, they probably read the We Get Around Network forum and say, oh, look at this. We better write, write all this down, put it into these copious notes about best practices. Yeah, but that, I mean, and that's an important um, aspect of the community. What thought leaders you have within the community to come up with that list um, and even have those uh, sometimes uncomfortable conversations of whether- it's uh, appropriate to do scans right now or not, right? So that yeah, kind of- we, And we had that pushback. I think you reported in your research that, that not everybody was, uh, hey, let's, you know, you know, wear your gloves and shoes and go out and shoot. Some were stay in place, shelter in place, shelter in place. Don't, don't create more problems for, the, for everybody. So uh, do you recall some of those kinds of pushback conversations in the forum? Yes, absolutely. Um, there is a good one that talks about stop scanning, stay home, right? And that's, um, and a lot, some of the conversation there was even just personal stories about who they've potentially infected because of that. And that kind of in, in, in more informalized conversation um, and communication really created some education, I think, within the community as well about if you're going to continue, what is it you need to do? What is What precautions do you need to take? Um, but obviously also trying to keep that in mind as you're developing some of these important new ex expectations within this environment. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw the show, but we did a um, kind of a town hall with a number of Matterport service providers. Do you, did, was that part of your research or not? Did you happen to see that show? It wasn't part of the analysis, but I do remember the show. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, even that was interesting because I, I remember, you know, clearly, you know, and I thought it unexpectedly, it just, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the great things about having a a community is an opportunity to crowdsource answers very quickly and discover differences of opinions. Because uh, dur during that program, uh, you know, one of the members said, hey, 
you know, I, I got infected. I passed it on to my wife without knowing it. Uh, you know, you don't want to do that. I'm in Europe. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's way more pervasive here in Europe, but it's going to come to the United States. And you really don't want to be in the position of going out, scanning, getting infected, and, you know, pass that on to your, uh, to your, your spouse or kids or friends, family, whatever. Uh, and it was like, wow, you know, that was, that was, that was, that was an interesting perspective. Uh, and, um, but I, I guess also I would imagine a, a lot of members of our community being self-employed, we're, we're trying to balance this decision about, you know, do I stay in the house and go bankrupt or do I go out and take as good a care as I possibly can and earn a living. And, and then I, I think where this, this uh, superhero kind of metaphor analogy turns into was, you know, by just doing their job of creating virtual tours and photos and video and other digital assets to sell home, they essentially uh, were helping power the, the economy. Exactly. I mean, and part of that policy um, implications that we're trying to communicate and dig into is really reflected of that as well. Understanding risks that are be t being taken because real estate is an essential, is deemed essential, at least in most of the states, um, that ends up putting individuals in that position to take on that role um, in order to make that happen. Um, you know, and, and as far as the community being able to, to have those conversations where sometimes there is some pushback, I think is an important component, being able to have an open communication that really can discuss it. And I'm, I'm even seeing it today, right, where individuals are not have decided it's just too large of a risk for their health and their family's health and they've decided to close businesses down. Individuals I interviewed, even some of them said, you know, I, I just decided for the first month to not scan, to, to close that business. But as entrepreneurial as they are, maybe pivoting some of their businesses to going into website development, to doing other things to really help sustain their living um, during this time that was at the time we weren't sure how long that was going to last. Yeah, I, I think everyone needed to make individual choices. I, I know for, for me in, in Atlanta, uh, it was really an, an amazing, the number of, uh, of emails or calls that we got from potential new customers. And uh, hey, uh, you know, I'm sheltering in place. I'm happy to pass that on to uh, another Matterport service provider, uh, whether it's in Atlanta or across the country someplace else. But uh, we really did have this dramatic influx. Uh, I wanna say probably in April, I think in March, I, I think the entire United States, if not the world, uh, or certainly in our community was just trying to process what does this mean for me? Uh, where do I fit in? Uh, how am I going to make a living? Um, and, uh, you know, again, even today for November 18th here, uh, uh, I still don't go out. I shot one job, you know, where I was totally assured that the, that the space would have nobody in it. No one had been in it. Uh, it's a business. Uh, it's totally empty. It'll be pristine and you don't need to touch a thing. It'll be perfectly staged. 
Um, but otherwise, uh, literally, I just you know kept referring those to other Matterport service providers that felt that they didn't need to, to shelter in place. So I think everybody made their own de decision of to shoot, not to shoot, or to take on other kinds of, uh, of work at this time. Um, are, there, are there any stories that come to mind either from those interviews or in the forum that was just, uh, you just they just kind of stick with you? Yeah, great. Um, you know, I'm reminded especially of a couple of individuals who started their businesses during this time that recognized the need. Maybe we're in real estate beforehand um, and decided to start their businesses. And you saw that influx even coming into WGAN um, and some of those stories about the positivity and really the excitement for where they can see that this grows and having that same positive thing that we found in the survey that they anticipated this was going to be essential even post COVID. Um, so that encouragement and positivity there, uh, it certainly sticks with me. Um, finding out, you know, and this is more of a general conversation that I saw in multiple different places, but the marketing, the differences in need for marketing. Um, you know, one of the things we found even in other industries, not necessarily um, within the WGAN forum, but um, a lot of people were throwing marketing, you know, throwing money at marketing and not seeing any return because ultimately many small business owners right at the start of this kind of you go through a freak out and you throw a lot of money toward it and everybody did even larger companies and organizations were doing the same thing so it ended up not being something that was um, beneficial for the business for that short term and so there was a lot of recognition throughout industries of that process um, in this community I would say most people said you know they some of them increased it but I found a lot of people who didn't who said they they turned their marketing off because there were so many people coming knocking on the door for this service that they didn't need it <laughs> um, so those types of stories certainly are really important uh, yes uh, you know I, I recall getting calls okay we have a um, oh, I'm going to say adult living community. Um, typically, what would that be? Be a memory care, independent living, assisted living, and oh, by the way, we we do that in multiple states, and and none of our prospective clients or the family of the clients can actually come visit. We we need these tours done as soon as possible in multiple states. And, and again, I think in terms of an example of uh, crisis meets innovation, that uh, that same multi-state adult community uh, might've taken years to come around to the decision that maybe virtual tours might be a, a good thing from a marketing standpoint, uh, but you know, like that overnight. Uh, in a similar way, I think some of the largest um, developers, property management companies in, in New York that comes to mind, all of a sudden has, you know, 10% of their inventory or more uh, in multiple buildings a, a, a across New York City. And they have a need for, for tours also for investors that can no longer travel to come see. 
And so I think there was a, a lot of, you know, I, we've been talking about innovation in terms of Matterport service providers say, oh, okay, well, I can do this. I can go out. Uh, my phone's ringing. I can take this business. I just need to be really good about, you know, gloves, masks. Uh, what are the tools that I'm going to use to make sure? What, what are the processes and procedures? What's the CDC saying on this topic? Um, but a lot of businesses were, were being innovative in their way of reaching out uh, to service providers, as you said, I think not just in residential real estate, but in all kinds of businesses that have spaces. Uh, and so I guess we were helping activate uh, their needs uh, for helping. I, I guess that's where you, maybe in your own words, superhero, just tell me more about that metaphor and how that came together for you. That what was maybe you had an aha moment of trying to understand what was happening. Yeah, it it came from honestly a lot of late nights at a whiteboard. Um, you know, drawing out, recognizing how people were moving. We had at one point a two by two. Um, we're still playing around with where we recognize there are individuals who were forced to be superheroes. Right. We're talking about the medical workers. We're talking about the frontline service providers at grocery stores and at restaurants, forced super uh, superheroes versus recognizing that others were forced to stay home. But how are they actually going to be inventive and innovative on their own to really being able to propel and help others during this time? And I think a lot of people were at that mindset of trying to figure out how can we help others? How can we keep our community safe, but help others? And, you know, those are the individuals usually propelled with technology that move into that, not a forced superhero, but a, a self-determined um, superhero activity. Um, so along with their flexible entrepreneurial skill set that they brought in, but that use of technology ends up being what we even discuss is like a costuming effect. You come in with your gloves, you come in with your, your mask and your booties, and then your, your, your camera ultimately ends up being a, an entry card to being able to help the community. Hmm. Wow. So we, we literally went through this transformation of maybe uh, who disguised as Clark Kent, a mild-mannered reporter for the Daily Metropolitan, goes into that phone booth and emerges with this outfit that turns into the gloves and booties and uh, the superhero tool, tool, a Matterport Pro 3D camera. Right. And is, and is that, transformed. Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because if I probably said to the community, you know, hey, did you know, because you create virtual tours during a pandemic, you're a superhero. And I think they would respond, no, I'm just doing my job. This is what I do. I, 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 create digital assets to help residential real estate agents and other businesses succeed faster by providing a way for people to tour a residential listing in the only way that they can during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm not a superhero. I'm just doing my job. And, and, and that's, that's, I, I, I doubt there's any, any, any member of our community that actually thinks of themselves as a, as a superhero, yet by providing this service uh, are propelling an economic engine for the country and actually with, with our community throughout the world um, by helping facilitate business. Yeah, 
transactions. That's right. And you know, real estate is a large portion of the economy. So we have to keep that in mind. I mean, it's significant. So the loss of that, certainly it hits um, the economy, but more than that, it hits, uh, you know, everyone is, is moved into a place at this time where nothing is normal. So being able to provide some normalcy to allow people to even buy or sell homes when they need to ends up being a new act um, that really kind of drove us to that. that and, and again, intended to be metaphorical um, in this analysis, but it is, it's a service that ends up being really a pertinent one in this real estate context, but also we're seeing it starting to flourish in other industries too. Yes, again, in, in innovation in an unexpected way. I, you know, I, I would say all our forum members would probably say, well, you know, 24 seven open house tour, every real estate agent should be doing this. But from a practical standpoint, that hasn't been the case. And all of a sudden uh, COVID-19, a pandemic is, is, is actually lit a fire uh, under people to force them to innovate uh, for them to stay in business. So when you think about residential real estate agents, uh, 100%, near 100% self-employed. So they have to be innovative. And, uh, and whether, and even if the, the last thing that they ever wanted to do was use ne new technology because they're technology phobic, uh, they really didn't have a choice. They really had to em embrace the technology if they were going to, uh, to succeed uh, and then logically reach out. And I, and I, I, I suspect our community would, would say, you know, our conversations never went faster of going from I need a tour to showing up and shooting as opposed to, well, I'm gathering some information and then I need to go back and talk to six other people. And, you know, no, uh, you know, hey, I'm available to shoot, but that window is going to disappear. So if you're ready, let's let's book it and, and schedule it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the alternative there is is things like FaceTime, which I know have been increasing for real estate agents as well, but this even removed even additional contact need for that. Um, if you can do it against the seller, the selling listing versus having a buyer's agent come in and do FaceTime, it, it, it removes that need. Um, so you delivered a paper and you won an award. Talk about that, please. Yeah. This is the paper. So based on this qualitative results, again, the quantitative, good directional, really awesome statistics that kind of come from that. But the sample is too small for us to do anything academically with, unfortunately. But the qualitative analysis that I was sharing at the very beginning um, won us for the uh, SMA, Society for Marketing Advances, um, conference that just happened last a uh, couple weeks ago. So that conference, we were uh, awarded the best uh, services marketing track paper. And so that um, was an exciting um, exciting award and I think really talks to the, the importance of what we're talking about today of, of really being able to provide some fantastic services to help not only sustain businesses, but sustain um, a larger economy. Sharon Betty Best Paper in Services Marketing. Correct. SMA 2020 Conference. What is an SMA? SMA. Society for Marketing Advances. So Society for Marketing Advances gave you an award, you and your co-author. 
Yes, Ashley Haas. Ashley Haas, uh, who is an MBA PhD student also at Texas Tech University. Uh, so uh, congratulations on your uh, honor. Thank you, thank you. Your award uh, and um, plans to have this study published that is the ultimate goal. So that's, you know, we wanted to share some of the early findings with the community um, and, and be able to pass that forward. But that is our next step is to get this into a publication format and, and get it published at one of our top academic journals in marketing. And, and who wants to read this and why? I mean, I, I know I'm totally interested. It was about the members of the We Get Around Network Forum community, but why would an academic journal be interested in this topic? Yeah, uh, we have a very rich services um, focus in marketing. You know, that's a good subset of our discipline is to really understand how people go through the process of services. There have actually been a number of calls for obvious reasons on how businesses are, are maintaining or maybe even struggling and what that process is like um, during the pandemic. So this is something that is certainly of interest currently um, for academics so that we can understand and transfer some of that knowledge and, and learnings into other services to help other businesses. So what, what would be some of those learnings to pass on to, to other verticals with self-employed people? Right. I think the big one is really understanding that benefit of an online community that's really business facing. We've done a lot of research in academia about consumers communities and how that can help with their identity, how that can help with um, really understanding who they are and understanding their relationships to brands. This is unique. No one has really even talked about business facing communities, forums, for business owners. Um, and we're seeing that this is an important component uh, for small business owners to really be able to co-create a lot of what you do um, to really understand what your practices are, not only during a crisis, but that really relates even further beyond into that, how you manage other things that come along as a, a larger business community especially technology-driven communities, that's important. But I think it really does go into other business communities too. It's pretty crazy. I just, you know, take it for granted. Well, we run a forum and, you know, and every, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the front page. We get around network forum, WGANforum.com. 77,000 posts among 12,500 topics. I could imagine that a lot of members Google a specific thing they find a post, they discover that we get around network forum, and then they stay for the community. Uh, and that that community is, is, is like this amazing thing about giving and getting help. Uh, and it, it is remarkable uh, that somehow, some way, um, we are a community, even though it's virtual, and you know, we, some of us have been lucky enough to meet up in person at trade shows, conferences. Um, I always find that fascinating and I, I try my best anytime I'm traveling, which is, hasn't been for a year, to, um, to say, hey, uh, we get around network forum meetup at, in Tokyo at the Google Street View Summit uh, in San Francisco at whatever you know, conference. 
And I, I, I always find that fun, uh, you know, getting together with members. Um, but I, I've never really thought about like an academic PhD candidate, you know, studying our community uh, as maybe this, what would you call it, sociology to some extent. Is, is, I guess maybe mostly marketing, but it is like somehow, some way we've come together as a community and faced the crisis together and maybe came out better uh, individually as our own businesses be because we had other people to, to learn, well, what are you doing and what are you facing and what kind of problems and, and then how are you overcoming that? And, and but what about this? It, and is that, that's, yeah. that has some value to share in a academic journal with other, other professors, researchers that are interested in teasing out how a community can help businesses succeed faster. That's right. I mean, and even pulling from the, the quantitative survey numbers, I mean, you saw three quarters of those individuals really come for that information, information exchange, um, but really stay for other reasons. And so that that certainly speaks to the importance of a community like this that many small business owners don't have. And I think that's one of the important things when you think about small business owners, many times you're left to your own devices and you don't have that network to lean on. You know, again, going back to a larger organization, when you're thinking about a brand identity or a company organizational identity, it's usually something that um, while the original owner might have some say, it's, a, it's an aggregate of many different people's opinions and thoughts on what the business should do. While a small business owner doesn't have that luxury, right? So you have to really focus inward and reflect on your own um, experiences. And so you're right, from a sociological perspective, this is quite interesting because we start to understand um, as individuals start to come together, how in this space, in a very innovative space, you're not competitive. Right? The, the goal is really to be able to improve each other's businesses, which is, is very unique um, and is something partially related to that technology that brings you all together, but it ends up being something on the, the far end that is more meaningful to yourselves and to your own businesses more than just the technology. It's crazy, isn't it? It's exciting. I, crazy. I mean, I just, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I guess if you work at a large company, you got a lot of people you can talk to. Um, yet for our community, that's, pretty much all self-employed, uh, you know, it's hard to have a conversation, me included, hard to have a conversation with, you know, with my wife about, uh, well, should I do this or this or this? Well, I, you know, but you talk to someone else who's in the, the same shoes with the same problem or the same challenge, typically in a different location. So you don't really feel like you're talking to a competitor. You're talking about like, wow, this is a community of, like-minded people who are interested primarily in maybe making a living as a professional real estate photographer that wants to offer 27, 24-7 open house virtual tours. And, uh, you know, gee, there's 150 plus 
platforms in this space. There's 50 plus cameras in this space. Uh, maybe I've come to the forum because I've found Matterport, but I'm interested in other things too. And what do people who don't have a vested interest have to say about one thing or the other? And then I, I think probably where your research, you know, gelled was, okay, let's just focus on uh, COVID-19 meets virtual tour photographers. And what has that impact been? And I, I think you, you uh, uh, I, I, I guess it's just fascinating to have, you know, to have you study the, the community and then actually recognize that the community does have a lot of value and we may be a little bit unique that other verticals don't have a community like this. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, I think the benefit of having this be an innovative technology has allowed the community to grow and to be able to lean on without having that fear of competition. So that's an important component. Um, you know, as far as making that recommendation, um, you know, it's certainly we see local businesses have their communities, not always, not usually online. Um, but in this instance, during COVID, this online community became even more important um, than even some of those local better business uh, communities. So I think um, one of the, the, the good things to think about with WGAN is the, the opportunity to really be that global community, of course, um, but being able to do so in a safe space um, where you really can lean on each other and not fear that competition for sure. Yeah, and uh, uh, I lost my, my train of thought on that was... Um, my light went out too. <laughs> I have one um, of those automated lights, but you can see me okay. <laughs> so, uh, Anyway, I just think it's, it's totally fascinating to ha have you study the, the uh, community that we get around Network Forum community, uh, detailed reading of 200 plus uh, topics, more than a thousand individual posts in the community to come to some conclusions uh, that turned into this, uh, you know, virtual tour superheroes uh, uh, at your service, how business communities inspire creativity to mitigate crisis. Um, I just think that's just, uh, that, that's cool. And I, I do hope you get, uh, find a, a journal in the marketing space that finds this topic of interest uh, in order to perhaps, uh, you know, share the, share the message that, you know, communities can have a, a, an impact, online communities can have a, 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 an, a an impact to help, um, businesses succeed faster. I, I guess the point I, I was gonna make earlier uh, was, um, you know, how lucky are we that we're, we're in a space where probably everyone who comes to our community in some way or another is a early adopter. They're into technology. They're kind of probably geeky. Uh, and somehow, some way, all these first quintile innovators in new media, new technology are able to rapidly iterate on what things are working and what things are not working to help everyone succeed faster. 
it, it, anyway, I, this has been a, a fascinating conversation with you, Kelly. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for everyone's support and allowance to be able to do this research. And thank you so much for having me today, giving me awesome. some time. Awesome. We've been visiting with, uh, with Kelly Anderson. Kelly is a Texas Tech University marketing PhD candidate. Uh, you can see uh, her research uh, on this topic, uh, as well as other virtual reality meets residential real estate studies, uh, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, at kellycoorsanderson.com, K-E-L-L-E-Y-C-O-U-R-S-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com kellycoorsanderson.com. Fascinating read of all the different research that you have, uh, in, in, including this topic. And uh, again, for anyone that wants to get the 14-page uh, uh, summary, uh, wgan.info forward slash hero, wgan.info forward slash hero. Uh, so uh, Kelly, thanks again for, for Kelly Anderson in Lubbock, Texas. I'm Dan Smigbride, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum, and you've been watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Thank you, Dan.